Welcome to the podcast, The Winning Combo, your home for wisdom on marketing and sales success. Featuring your host, Keith Washoe from Research Triangle Park, North Carolina, and Vijay Damojaprapu from Silicon Valley, California. From coast to coast, let the wisdom begin so you can become a winner. Here are your hosts, Keith and Vijay. Welcome to the Winning Combo Sales and Marketing Success Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Washoe, here in Research Triangle Park, alongside my co-host, Vijay Damojaprapu out of Silicon Valley. We're really excited with this podcast to help you all become better marketing and sales leaders and then operate as better partners between the two teams. Vijay, how are you today on our podcast number three? I am doing phenomenal, Keith, and uh, yeah, excited to be here and share more wisdom for our podcast listeners. Excellent. Well, today, for all you podcast listeners, we have a special show. We have three topics set up to help you learn, to entertain you, and give you advice to improve your sales and marketing career. So in today's show, we're going to do three power segments. Number one, a relevant sales or marketing joke to give you a quick laugh and some insights to think about that will help your career. Secondly, a top marketing sales power quote to help you gain some wisdom really quick and that you could apply to your work. And then thirdly, we'll give you a personal story that VJ and I have learned in our careers, whether it's marketing and sales success or something that we learned from our failures that we hope will help you do a better job in all you do. And then we'll conclude with one final key marketing and sales best practice so you can take away something from the show to apply it to your professional life for your best success. VJ, what do you think? Does that sound good? Sounds phenomenal. So Keith, why don't you kick us off with a joke? All right, we're going to start off with a short joke this episode and put your sales hat on. This is relevant to all you sellers out there. And the joke is about these two shoe salesmen. So these two shoe salespeople, they were sent to Africa to open up new markets saying, go grow the shoe business. We haven't shipped yet to Africa. Go build the market, go build some business there. Well, three days after arriving in Africa, one salesperson called the sales office and said, Hey, I'm returning on the next flight. I cannot sell shoes here. Everybody walks around barefoot. At the same time, the other salesperson sent an email to the factory with an exclamation point telling, the prospects are unlimited. Nobody wears shoes here. (laughs) The uh, moral of the story here is how two salespeople looked at the same market and the same market opportunity and one salesperson sees oh my God, everyone's barefoot, no one needs shoes and wants to leave. Looks at the world negative, pessimistic, and doesn't see the big picture. Whereas the other person, the other salesperson sees the market opportunity in a unique, different way thinking, man, everyone's barefoot here. That means I got millions of shoes to sell. This is a great market. So the the moral of the story is when you're selling, be opportunistic. Look at the bright side, truly the glass half full. You have to be positive. You have to be able to see opportunities where others may not. And then see that opportunity and use it as excitement and passion to be excited to break into a new territory, to be exhilarated about the opportunity to pave a new trail. So that's a, a good little sales joke about how two salespeople can see the world in two different ways, and clearly one way is a better path. What what do you think, BJ? Nice little story there, Keith. Uh, And what stood out for me, just being uh, 
in that positive mindset, right? So as you said, Keith, it's having that perspective of glass half full versus glass half empty. So once you adopt that mindset and as a salesperson, especially, it helps you see that opportunity, which you may not have seen otherwise. Good story. Thank you, Vijay. Yeah. So that, that joke really helps anyone out there who's listening. When you want to do better in sales, look at any sales manager, any VP of sales will tell you, don't come to me with problems. Come to me with opportunities. Or if you're going to come to me with a problem, which is good, be transparent, give me real feedback, but come with a solution. And so sale, the best salespeople see the bright side. They're not Debbie Downers and see opportunity where others do not, and they get excited about going after it. And that's passion and that excitement is what fuels them to success. All right, so anything else you wanna add onto that joke part or should we move on, BJ? Yeah, we can move on, Keith. All right, let's shift gears and now go into the power two segment, which is the power quote. BJ, why don't you kick us off with a good quote today? Yeah, absolutely. So here is what I struggle with on a daily basis. And uh, one of the problems that I encounter, which I'm sure a lot of the listeners as and even Keith, you can relate to is the whole challenge around procrastination, right? Procrastination, not intentionally, but that happens more on a subconscious basis. So while looking for inspiration on how to overcome the challenge on a daily basis, I came across this wonderful quote from Seth Godin. And the quote goes like this. The cost of being wrong is less than the cost of doing nothing. Ah, uh-huh. that's a good one. Yeah, so the takeaway and uh, so essentially the insight that gives you once you read this quote or once you listen to this quote is, yes, there's a constant fear which translates to procrastination, which means you do nothing. On the flip side, it's more important you take that first step and the first next step and slowly you build that momentum and that'll get you going, right? So that's how I refer to this quote and that's how I see this quote and I refer to this almost on a daily basis for inspiration. Thank you for sharing that, Vijay. What I really take away that I think the listeners should grasp onto here is that get out there, get going, do something. What you've referred to as start selling, talk to customers, get your product out there. And this is where the whole MVP movement came out of this whole idea of just ship the most viable product, uh, the minimum viable product that you could just get out the door now and then learn, have a feedback loop to then iterate versus trying to perfect a product and not shipping it and waiting and waiting and waiting. So very, very good quote, uh, VJ. That's very helpful. Anything else you want to add? No, I think I'm actually eagerly looking forward to hearing your quote now, Keith. Sure. So my power quote of the day is for all you marketers out there and advertisers who are trying to get your product or your service to be better known in the marketplace. And the quote goes like this, stop interrupting what people are interested in and be what people are interested in. I'll read that again. Stop interrupting and shouting to get in the way of what people are interested in. Rather, be the thing that people are interested in. So this quote is really about thinking about your marketing advertising. Traditionally, you'd sit back and watch a TV show and then an ad pops out at you and interrupts your TV show. You don't want to do that today with the internet and the 
accessibility of content. Your product service should be part of what people are interested in. So whether it's telling stories, having a cool editorial piece that's relevant and important to someone, and oh, by the way, my product and service addresses this interest or pain point of you. Don't interrupt people. Instead, think of your marketing advertising as good content to help them with their own interests. Does that make sense, Vijay? Absolutely. And that's pretty deep in the sense it's very easy for marketers and even salespeople to just push, push, push versus it's important for them to take a step back, understand the perspective of their, of their audience, of their prospect of the customer, just take that step back, put yourself in their shoes, and then get a feel for what they're seeking and then be that person. And that's the best way to connect with them. Thank you, Vijay. And I agree. And I think the best way for all of you who are listening to implement this type of marketing where you don't want to interrupt what people are interested in and rather you want to be what people are interested in. So for example, if you're selling a sleep machine, something that helps you sleep better, uh, which I have done at Adaptive Sound Technologies with Electrofan product, you don't want to just blast an ad that says, hey, look at me, look at me, I'm a sleep machine. Rather, today there's a lot of opportunity to have editorial content. And so think of this, what if your marketing advertising strategy was writing an article about how people can sleep better at night, whether it's dimming the lights, lighting a candle, having a cup of chamomile tea, and oh, by the way, these top three things to help you sleep better. There's also things called sound machines that can play oceans or white noise that help you sleep better too. Oh, and then by the way, if you want a really good one, here's one called the Electrofan. So that's an example of where you're marketing and you're advertising, but you're doing it in a way that's truly editorial, that's truly helpful to someone around something they may be interested in. What do you think, Vijay? Yeah, phenomenal. That's a great example of putting it into action. All right. So that was the power quote segment. So should we shift gears and move on to the story segment? The story time. Yeah. The one that I'm most excited about and eager to share with the listeners. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. I always enjoy your personal stories, VJ, living in, and working in Silicon Valley. So why don't we do the power story segment and have you start off with sharing a, a story of something that you've learned or along the way through your success or failure? Yeah, so I actually was reflecting on what is the best story to share with our listeners that will actually build up on the topics and the content we shared in episode one and two, right? And so when I took that step back, the thing that stood out for me is the importance of having positioning and messaging done right. So today I'm going to share that story and my personal experience of how I did the whole positioning and messaging exercise when I was at uh, Microsoft. So that's the story I'm going to share, Keith. Excellent. Can't wait. Take it away. All right. So here's the situation. So I joined Microsoft in charge of product marketing for this product line known as Media Room. And for those of you who are not aware of it, so Media Room is an IP TV platform, essentially that powers the television services by the various telephone and TV service providers worldwide. So as an example, AT&T, U.S. TV, provided their TV service and that was running on the Media Room TV platform. So that's just an example over there. So the situation, what I was handed over, what I was running into is as a new product marketer, my job was to develop that overall positioning and messaging framework from which all 
the relevant content will flow. So content like the sales book, sales playbooks, the sales messaging, the pitch decks, the content that you see on the website, the social codes and so on, right? So it's all of those. So my responsibility was to come up with the positioning and messaging framework. Fair enough, Keith? Oh my gosh, I can't wait to hear then what were the actions and things you took or what was the result? How did this play out? Yeah, so I I mean, now that I look back at my time in Microsoft, I'm actually grateful for all the wonderful people and the wonderful resources I had access to back at Microsoft, right? So one of the frameworks that I came across, and that's what I'm going to share with my listeners today, is the core and relevant positioning and messaging framework. So here are some of the core elements and I'm going to break it down into the various steps in how you build that framework. And this is exactly what I did, by the way, at Microsoft in my days there. So as a first step, you pick your target customer and the messaging framework. That's step number one. And by the way, I'm going to add uh, some of the frameworks that I love, and I'm going to add that in the show notes. So something for our listeners to check after they have listened to the episode. Absolutely. So that's the first step. Once you picked that framework and the target customer, the second is what I call as the discovery process, where you go to the process of interviewing your product people, interviewing your sales, interviewing your customer success, interviewing your customers, interviewing even the prospects and even interviewing your industry analysts and experts, right? So you interview and get a deeper insight and you get various perspectives. So that's step number two. You with me so far, Keith? Crystal clear. Keep going. Let's hear all the steps. Let's get it going. This is great. All right. So step number three is once you've done that discovery process, you build a target customer profile. And that's what I did. So in my situation for Medium specifically, this is where I built the target customer profile. In our case, it was the large telcos like AT&T or Bell Canada or Deutsche Telekom. Right, so those are our target customers. And from there, the next step I did was to identify the key stakeholders in that target customer profile. So as an example, so if you imagine when you go out and you're pitching this whole IPTV platform and a product, so essentially you're pitching and talking to like the VP or the director of TV services. That's one of the profiles you need to be aware of in this case. The second is the network operations leader, the one who's in charge of the network operations that deliver the TV service over your IP network. And a third persona example that I want to share is a consumer marketing person. So someone who is responsible for rolling out the TV service once it's launched. So rolling out the TV service ads, rolling out the pricing, seeing how the pricing and the messaging, all of those are are reflecting or connecting with the customers that they're going after in the various segments and what kind of traction and what kind of number of subscribers they're building in their overall business. With me so far, Keith? I'm with you. This is fantastic. And then the end results or what did you learn or what's your uh, the big takeaway from this uh, whole framework, you think? Yeah. So I kept going 
through these steps. I, I'm going to cut it short. I mean, there are like seven steps. What I'm going to do is actually share those with our listeners, have it in our show notes. Uh, but net, net, once I did this exercise and build that and validated and iterated upon, so the eventual action was all of that content and the insights that came out from the research was translated into the messaging that went on the website, the messaging that went into the sales playbooks as to how they have to have that initial conversation, how they can block and tackle when there are objections coming from the various uh, buyer or influencer personas. And at the same time, translating all of the content into, hey, how do we actually create the pitch deck that will showcase our differentiators, showcase our value points that will come out great clean and will resonate with this audience. So that's a net net and done right. If this exercise is done right, you'll actually start seeing more engagement, more traction in the sales process. And more importantly, you will actually start seeing customers wanting to engage with you. Wow, home run. That's the holy, the holy grail is wanting, getting more customers wanting to engage with you. And this is great because you're going to provide this framework free of charge in our show notes. This is awesome. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so switching over, what is your story that you want to share, Keith? I'm excited and eagerly looking forward to listening to that. All right. So for this third part of our power story segment, I'm going to kick off the story with really a selling story for those out there who love to sell and grow the business. So this story talks about the importance of partnerships and leveraging your internal team members to get the sales job done. And it's around my experience at Qualcomm, which is number one in the world for wireless technologies. Uh, when we were trying to sell with our partner, TP-Link, which made routers into the US retail channel, like a Walmart in cooperation with, with Qualcomm as, as joint partners. So the situation was this, we, we were at Qualcomm Atheros, the wireless chip division for, for routers and wondering how do we sell more chips for our division? How do we get more of our Qualcomm Atheros chips sold through, for example, the USA retail channel when you walk into Best Buy and buy a router, for example. And so the task at hand was do an evaluation of how we can get our router partners, for example, Netgear or Belkin or Linksys, or in this case, TP-Link, how do we get them to sell more product in the US through retail? Because every time they sell a router, that's another chip that goes out the door for Qualcomm Atheros. So the action that we took together that was really a fascinating story was first and foremost, Qualcomm Atheros, we're looking at, well, who's our biggest router partner in the world that moves the most units and has the most chips? And at the time, it was TP-Link. TP-Link's the number one router company out of Asia, uh, and they had all Qualcomm Atheros chips inside their routers. But at the time, they had no real business in the USA. In the USA retail market, it was all Belkin, Linksys, Cisco, Netgear. And so TP-Link, even though they're our biggest partner in the world, they weren't moving many router units here on the US retail shelf. So we took action to try to help TP-Link win more retail placement at Walmart. Now, TP-Link had no relationships with Walmart. So here's where the teamwork comes in and the partnerships. So first and foremost, we teamed up with some of the internal business development people at Qualcomm from a strategic level who had relationships at Walmart on the executive level. So we found the right router buyers at Walmart who would be willing to give us a meeting. 
So on an execution level, we reached out to those buyers. We got the introductions and here's where we did. We booked a meeting with the buyers and we brought in TP-Link as our partner and we did a joint sales meeting. Two partners, TP-Link and Qualcomm coming together to meet with Walmart to help them understand why this new router would be a great fit for them. So we went to Bentonville, Arkansas, Walmart's headquarters, and we jointly pitched Walmart of why TP-Link is a great wireless router and why the Qualcomm wireless chips inside that router is what would what Walmart customers would most appreciate and how you're missing out by not having TP-Link on your shelf because it's the best product at the lowest price point. You have to have TP-Link. And oh, by the way, Walmart, when you bring in TP-Link, you're getting two partners to support you with making sure this product is a success to make sure it sells through through you. You're getting TP-Link and Qualcomm together. It's a win-win. So that was the actions we took. And the result was TP-Link won an agreement with Walmart to launch two new router SKUs. We got TP-Link into over a thousand retail stores, resulting in a new multi-million dollar retail channel business that helped Qualcomm ultimately move hundreds of thousands of more wireless chips through these TP-Link routers. So that's a true story of how you partner with the right company to move more product together. You bring internal resources from your sales or biz dev team to help you make the right connections and networking and meetings to, to accomplish the task. And then you jointly sell to get things done. So let me pause there, BJ, see if you have any feedback on that before I share some lessons learned. No, this is a great story. And do you know, Keith, uh, what actually stood out for me? Do you want to know what store for me? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's let it go. Yeah. So a couple of things, right? I mean, one is up at a partnership level across three parties or stakeholders, if I will, right? So one is TP-Link. The second partner is you got Qualcomm. And the third is Walmart, right? So creating that win-win-win, that's terrific. And there is also the other aspect and in which we keep emphasizing and sharing in our episode today, as well as in the previous episodes, is put yourself in the shoes of your uh, audience, right? In this case, in this case, it might be maybe it's your the retail buyer in Walmart, the purchaser over there. So understand his or her pain points. So yeah, this is phenomenal. And I'll let you share the takeaways for our listeners today. Yeah. So the main takeaways here is, is again, how marketing and sales need to collaborate and you need great partnership between the two teams. So I, in this case, was at Qualcomm Atheros doing channel marketing, which was handling marketing and sales programs through retailers. And I knew that one of the things I needed was the introduction into Walmart to get in front of the right buyer. I didn't have that buyer. However, I discovered that our own company, Qualcomm, at another division had business development people who knew some executives at Walmart that did know the right people. So by using internal relationships and teaming up with them, you were able to get the introduction to get the right meeting. So teamwork, teamwork, teamwork internally. Secondly, the lessons learned was the power of partnerships. It's easier to win business when you're not going in as a lone horse. If First of all, TP-Link wouldn't have been able to get a meeting with Walmart because they were a nobody. So TP-Link in this case needed the partnership of Qualcomm who had the big relationships to get in the door. Secondly, TP-Link going in there to sell by themselves would be a big uphill battle. Like, who are you? Why should we carry you? But TP-Link going in with Qualcomm saying, 
This is why we both think you should take this router and how we're both going to help you sell it. A lot more power and confidence to the buyer to feel confident bringing the product in. Uh, so lastly is about that joint selling and telling a good story knowing what the buyer cares about and why this is the router you have to have or you're missing out on a very low price point that gives you the highest quality router that will help you sell more routers for your networking business. So that goes to your point, BJ, of knowing what the buyer cares about. So those are the three lessons. It was a great story, uh, great success in this case, and to really help move the needle. And again, partner between sales and marketing and do, using partnerships with your companies to, to really grow business by joint selling. Any other thoughts or questions on that? No, this is really good. I mean, again, it goes back to understanding each stakeholder and then creating that win-win-win situation that in a foresight or in hindsight and after a couple of months, a few years, it translates to a bigger win for all the partners here. Great story, Pete. Thank you, Vijay. Good, good inputs. All right, shifting gear for you podcast listeners to keep you on your toes. We're moving to the third power segment. This is our last closing takeaway, marketing yourselves best practice to help you apply something great to your professional life. Uh, Vijay, what say you? What is your closing takeaway here and best practice? Yeah, the best practice that I want to share with our listeners today is this, which is adopt a scientist mindset. And what I mean by that is always be willing to frame hypotheses, go out there, test it, validate, and you should be okay if that hypothesis that you framed is not resonating or it's not true anymore, right? So just being comfortable with that failure scenario, what I call as a failure, but in reality, it's actually a good learning lesson and stepping stone. So all... In summary, it's about creating and having the scientist mindset and being absolutely okay with your hypothesis not panning out, but net-net you're getting a much bigger and better insight out there. Oh my God, that's fantastic, VJ. It reminds me of uh, the famous Dyson vacuum cleaner. Uh, the reason why is because the, the inventor of Dyson was an engineer and he spent hours and hours in the backyard in his shed with the science mindset or the what you would call the scientific scientist method of trial and error. Just how do I make the perfect vacuum going against all odds against Hoover and these other big companies? And he, he just basically iterated, 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 failed, 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 kind of like Thomas Edison with the light bulb. And sure, mm -hmm. enough, and sure enough, the best vacuum cleaner ever to be invented, still today the most powerful vacuum in the world, is the Dyson based on this guy's, based on this guy's tenacity to, to use the scientific method. Yeah, absolutely. And that reminded me was when you mentioned Thomas Edison, I believe it was 1,000 atoms that he actually had to try it out and try the various variations before the light bulb actually panned out as a successful product, right? So again, just having the scientist mindset and totally being comfortable with failure. Yeah. And Thomas Edison would say, I didn't fail a thousand times. I just learned. He said, I learned a thousand ways it didn't work to learn how it does work. Yeah. So there you go. Thank you. Well said, Keith. Actually, I was at loss for words, uh, but I think you framed it rightly there. So let's see here. My closing takeaway today for all of you listening to have a best practice. Remember this quote for all you marketers out there. And this was made famous by uh, Hewlett Packard from HP. He said this, marketing is too important to be left to the marketing department. 
Remember this, marketing, it's too important to be left to the marketing department. And the whole point of this is marketing should be a company mindset. It's part of your culture. So whether you're in engineering and sales and finance, Everyone should be thinking of, of, of how this company communicates with customers and how do we go to market because you, it's not it's so important to success of your business uh, that you can't just leave it to a select seven or eight people on a marketing team. What say you, Vijay? What do you think of that quote? No, this is so true, right? I mean, it's I think the whole company wins once they adopt that marketing and the marketer's mindset because let's say you're in product development team, but once you adopt a marketing mindset, which is putting yourself in the shoes of the prospect and customer when you're writing that piece of code, that will actually translate into much better results when you ship that product. And similarly with customer success or even customer support, once you adopt that customer viewpoint when they are complaining or when they file a support ticket, so that translates to when you have that mindset, actually that translates to a better result for your customer and overall it translates to a better result for the company. Spot on. Nice. Good, concise statement. So that's that. That closes off with our third power segment. In summary here, uh, Vijay, do you want to share uh, what you think were the key things that our listeners should take away today to help their own careers and professional life? What are your top takeaways you think for them? Yeah, the top takeaways, I would say number one, if you're encountering procrastination, look for that code, which is take that little step, right? So seek inspiration for you to take that little step and that'll eventually translate into momentum. So that's one big takeaway. The second is the power of partnerships and teamwork. So going back to your story, Keith, between TP-Link as well as uh, Walmart and then Qualcomm, right? So for the power of partnerships, so that's another takeaway, the second one that I'll share with our listeners. And the third one, it goes back to just having that scientist mindset and being comfortable with failure because with each failure, you are one less step away from a bigger failure, but more importantly, you are one step closer to seeing a much bigger success. Well said, BJ. And I'll just say as the final takeaways, remember all of you salespeople out there that keep the positive mindset. Look for the bright side in the market. So if you see people without shoes, that's a great opportunity to sell shoes, not, oh, I can't sell shoes because they all walk around barefoot. So remember that little joke story there. And also remember the uh, marketing and advertising best practice about stop interrupting what people are interested in and instead be the thing that people are interested in. That's how people are going to really care about your product. So overall, it was a great show. We're very happy. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast, The Winning Combo. We hope you enjoyed it and it's helpful to you and your sales and marketing career. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Keith, for a wonderful session here. And thank you to you, listener, for taking the time to listen to us. So stay tuned for the next show. And in the meantime, follow us, The Winning Combo on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, keep learning and keep winning. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast, The Winning Combo, your home for wisdom on marketing and sales success. Featuring your host, Keith Washoe from Research Triangle Park, North Carolina, and Vijay Damojaprabhu from Silicon Valley, California. Stay tuned for the next show and follow The Winning Combo on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook for free content and the latest podcast episodes to help you be a winner.